Hello there, it's Jamila Jamel. Take a deep breath. Let your breath out slowly to the count of six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Do you feel better? Well, on my podcast, I Weigh, this month we'll be exploring ways to tackle mental health and feel better with guests like Simon Sinek from The Optimism Company, therapist Vienna Farron, comedian Neil Brennan, and many more. Listen to I Weigh wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, friends. This is Sarah May, and this is an episode for Ambika. Thank you for writing to me. This is a good topic. Um, so this is an episode about, or I'm calling it, what they think about you. And it's basically how to stop obsessing about what's in other people's heads. So it's about also how to curb your need for valid validation from other people. So if it's ever happened to you, maybe you do something nice for someone else and they don't respond and part of you is worried they didn't like the thing you did, but then you start to get mad because you're like, well, they should have appreciated that gesture. And then you get even more upset. Like, how could they do that? They're so uncaring. And then suddenly you're like, wow, they are a jerk after all. Or maybe there's someone in your... Maybe you work with somebody that just gave you a dirty look one day and you just can't figure out why. And you keep thinking, like, did they hear something about me or did they just dislike me? And why? Maybe you didn't do anything to them, so then you start to try and be overly nice to them and then they don't acknowledge you, so now you just feel uncomfortable. And that tension just makes you feel really nervous and distracted because you're such a nice person and you didn't do anything wrong. I digress. So if this sounds like you... And you maybe are aware that a lot of this is in your head and you do kind of everything you can to talk yourself out of it, but you can't really soothe yourself enough out of those obsessive thoughts. And maybe they just catalyze into more worry and then insecurity and self-doubt. And this is a podcast for you. Because often we suffer in our relationships with others and those people actually mean us well. And that's the bummer about this because... It's all because of our filters of interpretation. And all of us are very, very different. And just we see a vast array of meanings as a result. So the way that we interpret social cues can be literally opposite, just depending on who we are and how we were brought up and just the sum of our life experiences. So you might perceive something totally insulting that another person meant as an attempt to make friends. So I know what you're thinking. If you are suffering in situations like this, you might be driven, driven to seek out the counsel of others and maybe you want to compare notes and you think it's a case-by-case -case situation where one person should be the one that does something differently or it's not your fault. Like, I, I know a lot of the time when you can't tell what someone else is meaning with their actions, you deduce based on yourself and the counsel of others that person shouldn't do that, or they should have acted differently, or that's not how you communicate blank. Um, and regardless, it doesn't matter what they did and how illogical it seems to you. Because in all situations, both people, you and the other person, are right. You both have a valid reason to think and perceive everything the way that you do. So you can't decide that the way that they view things is wrong because it's just what they are, it's what they see. Perception is cultural, and it is different 
and nuanced for all of us. And just like we have a different sense of humor, your nerves and your eyeballs and your feelings are distinct to you. So I'm not suggesting that there aren't people in the world who are manipulative and intentionally try and hurt others, but that's not who I am talking about right now. Right now I'm addressing the most pervasive cause of misunderstanding and hurt between well-intentioned individuals. And it's usually a complete misinterpretation of social, social cues. And that just comes from different filters, different communication styles, and different values and priorities. And so those all belong to each of us. And you cannot judge them as wrong. They just are. So if you don't agree with them, you don't have to be friends with a person. But it's definitely got nothing to do with you. So really the topic I'm going to cover is about how to protect yourself and help yourself so that you don't endure totally unnecessary pain, especially from someone that's not meaning it towards you. Whether or not this person is somebody you know or some a stranger, so they should work for everybody. But I will start with just kind of what is really happening and uh, just so you can kind of make sense of yourself um, and like kind of just the causes of very specific kinds of um, obsessive attempted mind reading of others. So here we go. The first part is the what. When you take on um, something someone else does, like as a personal attack, you're, you're making it about you. No matter what it is, if somebody does something to you that you perceive as mean, it is not, it's nothing to do with you. And when it comes to obsessive mind reading and interpretations of other people's actions, you're seeing things that aren't really there. Because something in your filter is unsure. So that tendency comes from kind of a gray area in your confidence. And it's probably you don't have total confidence in yourself, in your value. And you're likely also disconnected from parts of yourself due to some painful feelings deep down. So all of these types of situations, no matter if you're maybe insecure in a relationship or you're becoming obsessive about reading like other people's thoughts at work or whatever it is, there are two things you should be doing. The first one, building more confidence and trust in yourself. The second one, learning and untangling any unaddressed painful spots in your character. So you're basically going to do a little body scan of your personality and just kind of look deep down and see where you might have sensitive spots. So are you, think about yourself right now. Would you say you are a defensive person or are you overly critical of others or do you feel like frustrated by others and, and often look down at other people around you? Um, are you insecure in certain areas of your life? Because those are the types of things, like those types of feelings about ourselves are the ones that kind of set off this type of behavior. It's when we feel not confident and not completely sure of ourselves. And you might not even know because they're often really well hidden by your own defenses. So you won't know deep down just how low you are, low you feel about yourself until somebody kind of um, taps on it. And it'll feel like, you know, almost uh, like the guards jump up from inside of you like, hey, back off. Like it, you get kind of in a heightened reaction to anybody making any comment whatsoever about you in this way. Like, what are you talking about? I, like, that's the kind of reaction of somebody that's got an insecurity. Um, so when you have 
sometimes really old childhood past experiences or roles, like dynamics that you kind of grew up with, they can be the cause for all of this obsessive reading and uh, trying to decode others. So maybe if you have a past that somehow made you feel ashamed, maybe you had a parent who made you feel low in a certain way, you might wear a hidden truth about yourself to, still to this day that you can't even identify as something false because it becomes like a defining trait. It becomes like the perspective by which you view the world when it's something foundational that you grew up with. So if it's, if it's related to the way you grew up or your parents, often you're, you will perceive deep down that you are bad or that you're a liar or that you're not reliable, you're not accountable, or you're not like other people, you aren't lovable, uh, you're damaged, you have dark secrets and scars and tendencies. Like all of those types of things are examples of mistruths that become a part of us because we never dispel them. So if you have some deep down feelings like this from a very long time ago, it's very, very important that you work with somebody like a therapist to gut them so that you can understand them because they are misunderstandings from your youth. They aren't you. They are just false rationalizations that you made out of survival. And they're what everybody else does. It's normal. It's like anyone who grew up in your situation with similar traits in, uh, as to your upbringing is exactly like you. They do exactly the same things as you. So if you haven't talked to other people that have a similar upbringing, it's just because not a lot of people talk about it. But there are way more people with similar experiences than you would ever expect. So for example, if you grew up with alcoholic parents, this manifests in your adulthood as a feeling that you are invisible or you're not loved, or you're not cared for. And you might have feelings like, why can't they see me suffering? I'm right here, I'm right in front of them. But you could see that with other people as well. So like, a lot of your frustration with relationships might come up in the exact same form. How can they not care about me? How come they are just ignoring all of my pain? They don't even care. Like, that's the feeling you are, it's echoes of this childhood self. So much pain sticks to our needs that were never met when we were kids. And it'll affect your perception of everyone in your life as an adult. So you must dispel these, I guess, tangles. Otherwise, they will keep you tethered. They'll keep you trapped in this kind of loop of wanting this thing based on this original relationship. If you can't do therapy for whatever reason, go to help groups read books on the topic, just start to learn and understand more about your dynamics in particular. So just to recap the first part, you should be doing A, building more confidence, and B, untangling the ouchy spots in your character. And if you're looking for some really basic tips about building confidence, a couple easy ways to start um, the quick, I would say the fastest route to building confidence is try something new that really intimidates you. Like learn something that kind of scares the crap out of you. That's a really good shortcut. Um, another one 
learn a new skill, like take a new class or a tutorial, basically enhance your character. That's like a really consistent confidence building habit. So learning, exercising more, um, gro- better personal grooming. I know that's weird. Feed yourself better food um, and just enhance your intake of things that you consider cool or cultural. And I think focusing on activities that are special by your own standards. I think also dressing better for yourself at all times. I know that sounds weird, but like don't wear clothes that you would not feel comfortable being seen in while you're at home alone. Like dress up for yourself so you feel prouder of yourself, more proud of yourself. All right, I'm going to go on to the little particulars of certain dynamics um, that you might experience and what they come from. So if you find yourself getting kind of stung by something someone says, like a total stranger, and you're trying to figure out why, when it comes from a stranger and it's, and it's really painful, it's because there's a question mark in your mind related to the validity of that person's whatever. So like, even if they were to, you know, be disrespectful to you, when it really affects you, it's because you really think they have a reason to think of you that way. So it's almost like it reveals uh, a bare spot in your armor. It's also true that if somebody tries to hurt you intentionally, you just have you process the pain of that in itself. It's just you got to process anything like, you know, healing a scar. But other than that, just know as a flat-out rule, the mean people in the world that are mean to you that for no apparent reason, it has nothing to do with you. Because mean people are in a lot of pain and they're suffering so much that it's just spewing out into the world at anyone. So think the next time that happens, you just think poor them because it's very sad, but just keep your distance and let it go. The next one, uh, if you are hurt by somebody you're in a close relationship with um, and you're basically upset because of your perception of an inability they have to read you or see you or maybe they just seem like they don't even care because they don't meet your needs and maybe you think well I do a lot for them and they don't do anything for me so this is about you a little bit of tough love so you have a form of denial because you are believing they are someone that they are not so you have to acknowledge and accept that they are not like you They don't think like you do. You are creating uh, a brain for them that doesn't exist. So if you really want to not hurt as a result of this, it's like you're putting your expectations onto them to be like you when they are clearly not. So you have to mourn the fact that they are not that way and accept it. Like that, that's its own sad thing. You have to like really convince yourself and accept that reality of who they are. And it's almost like it won't really make sense to you because you're like, but that means they're missing a part of their brains. Yes, they are. Just think of it that way. If it makes it easier to really accept it and hold on to it, they are missing a whole chunk of their brain that you have where you are allow- you are able to read them and think about them. And maybe you just think it's like totally logical because, you know, all it takes is t- saving notes and, you know, writing down stuff. It's like, mm, 
that's true, but not everybody is like you are. It doesn't mean that they couldn't do that if they were forced to, or if you were to tell them directly that you want them to do that. I'm sure they totally could, but that's not going to be something they naturally do. So when it comes to people you love, first accept that they are not the person you want them to be, and then be able to love them and just accept them as they are. Because you know that they are loving, you know they would not intentionally hurt you, and everyone has their own way of expressing love. So it's up to you to find what those ways are. Like that's unconditional love, is accepting people just as they are without needing them to change. And that once you can do that, once you can start seeing them completely honestly, then it opens up a whole other world of appreciation that you can have for them. So if you have a real pain connected to this when somebody doesn't see you and doesn't understand your needs and isn't able to read you, that's very likely connected to something in your childhood. And it's all kind of happening in your mind. They don't perceive any of this. They don't have the same scale of importance. They don't have those nerves that are attached to these types of dynamics. So keep that in mind. And I would say address those voids, those that pain in a professional environment like with a therapist because it's really not fair to the other person for you to judge them based on the terms of you. It's like you're... You're expecting them to have lived your childhood and fulfill the other half that's missing from your childhood, and it's not who they are. I digress. Moving on. So the next one is a constant need to kind of couch things or conditionalize. <clears throat> My throat's dry. Um, so, for example, like if you are the type of person that when you communicate, this usually happens with, I guess, friends or loved ones like you offer things in addition to regular things like you have to you conditionalize everything so things like hey can you do blah 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 if you want or yeah but you don't have to like you can you kind of compulsively try to explain yourself and offer conditions before they've even responded like hey would you want to go bowling but we don't have to like that's kind of the habit I'm describing so that is coming from kind of a preconceived response you have of what they're going to think or feel. Like you're almost trying to control how they feel about what you say before they're even able to respond. And what that does is imply a lack of trust you have for them. Like you're not trusting them to be okay and respond. You're trying to control how they feel. Like you're softening it or trying to coddle like you have don't think you deserve something from others like you're not it's a sign of like a lack of confidence but it's also a sign of lack of confidence in the other person and your bond and the strength of that bond so if you have a tendency to do this you're almost telling them like you don't want to do this you would never want to do this for me it's like get out of their heads just put things out there and don't let go of the need to control how others will feel about it. Go all in, you know? Go all in with your relationships and allow people to show up for you. It's like you're telling them, don't show up for me, don't show up for me. And 
that's kind of saying like we're not all the way in this relationship for real like you're keeping people away the next tendency is a need for validation so if you have a need for validation from other people like you need them to tell you good job or you need them to tell you oh thank you I loved that thing and you're so thoughtful whatever it is um, that comes from a lack of confidence in how others feel about you and it's also just a lack of confidence in yourself because when you're completely sure of yourself and your intentions you can just see much more easily it doesn't matter what what they do what they say it's like the the goodness of the act stands alone outside of any response and it's also that's the beauty of being a kind person it's like it it's just a resting state so if you if you know you're a kind person and coming from love it doesn't need to be retold to you it just is you are always that way even if you're misunderstood you still know i am a kind and loving person and any response you do get that's negative you're completely in touch with the fact that it's about them and not you so without further ado, I will move on to part three, which are the tools. So these are way, ways to help yourself kind of in the moment. And I know that all of this is really hard. I mean, it's your untraining, like, you know, tens of years of built-in kind of habits. So this is a learn by trying process. Like you won't feel, I don't know, comfortable or won't feel natural until it's just you've been practicing it for a while. And it happens pretty quickly. And I'm not, I'm not talking about like a lifetime. I'm talking about like, I don't know, a couple of years. Like, let's say like two years. If you were to really start working on this, retraining yourself, like that's, you could probably rebuild your habits in, I would say, under two years. And it's all about rebuilding trust in yourself. Like you're going to use tools to help yourself in the moment, but you're also going to have to redirect thoughts because a lot of this obsessive thinking is just bad habits that are driving you crazy it's like obsessive doubting and uh worry and those are those bad thought habits you just have to redirect and constantly just get good at shutting off your brain so it just takes consistency and doing right by yourself and you've eventually you will prove to yourself you are confident and you are trustworthy, and you can rely on yourself, your own opinion of yourself outside of everything else, because you build that relationship just like you would with a friend, and it just takes time to rebuild it if you haven't had it. So when it comes to self-love, it's all about the track record. So consistency and being nice to yourself, standing up for yourself, treating yourself well. Alrighty, here we go with the tools. The first one, I think, is just the most powerful go-to mantra, and I recommend writing it down universally if you ever get stuck in one of these obsessing about somebody else's thoughts, whatever it is. It's not about you. That's the mantra. It's not about me. It has nothing to do with you. So if someone else is mean, someone else misunderstands you or is punishing you, just get the you out of it. You don't force anybody to do anything you don't force them to feel anything you don't make them do what they do and so if somebody's mean to you that is because they are just suffering I mean often when people are mean it's because they have low self-image 
they see everybody as attacking them because that's how they feel about themselves. So if somebody, if you can't understand somebody's actions, let it go. If you didn't do anything, you didn't do anything, period. It's not about you, no matter what it is. So stop making yourself into a superhero that is controlling everybody's body and mind. <laughs> the best way I could think to describe that. Um, There's puppeting everybody else. So if you did something wrong to somebody else intentionally, apologize, and then you can work on letting it go. But relieve yourself the job of deducing what other people think you think that you, the blah, 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 all that stuff. It's not about you. Number two. This is a, <laughs> I'm trying to make it weird so you can remember it, but it's assumptions are for chumptions. <laughs> cool, right? <laughs> it's basically like a rule that just will get you through everything related to this kind of obsessive thinking. You cannot read people's minds. No matter how much you think you can and believe you can, you cannot. You are not psychic, clairvoyant, whatever you want to call it. You cannot read brains. Stop trying. So you can make conjectures on an actions-only basis. So never do detective work and take apart someone's brain. Like, stay at, that's not your property. Stay out of it. So your, your best decision-making will always come from you reacting solely to objective information and information that has been spoken to you, not attempting to analyze the implied emotion and motivation of body language and blah, 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 blah. And even if you grew up pretty good at reading other people, this is not, that's not a superpower for you to use. It's off limits. Like you will always get yourself into trouble if you try and read other people's minds. So remind yourself, I don't know, and let it go. And just this habit, when you are really good at reading other people's body language, it just comes from a time in your life when you had to do that for survival. So maybe you had an erratic parent, like somebody that had like kind of rage problems or was unstable or somebody that was chronically depressed. Somehow you got used to attempting to read very subtle cues so that you could better take care of yourself. And at that time in your life, it was for survival, but now it's blinding you into thinking you know what's happening and it's false. Although it feels real, the story you paint in your mind is false. So if you really want to be able to act based on your own best interests, be direct, stay out of other people's minds, and assume you are wrong always. Just assume whatever you think they think is wrong and let it go. Because it's really easy to write your own story and then build on that story. And you won't even know it until it's now become a massive, lengthy, dramatic play. And then one day that bubble pops. Stay in your own body. Alrighty. The next one, number three. Okay, this is for anybody you are in relationship with. But it's, it's for anybody. But I think it's helpful, especially in relationships. So if you love somebody, give them the subtitles. So in other words, if you want something, spell it out for people, no matter what it is. Just be clear and direct with your expectations because it's not fair to believe someone should know anything. Like, 
you unknowingly set yourself up and that other person up to fail when you don't communicate what you want. So never assume anyone knows what you're thinking because it's not about someone loving you enough to get you. It's about just a person and who they are deep down in reality, like their natural abilities, inclinations, like their brain is completely different than yours. So it's not about them not being nice enough. It's just they're not like you. It's not good or bad. It's just not who you are. And even if you're like, well, but everybody in culture does blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. If you really know this person's kind and loving, if you want them to do things for you, give them the subtitles. Just spell out exactly what you want, what's on your head, in the back of your mind. Give them, like, the directions to you, to being loving to you. All right, next one on my list, number four. So if you have a person in your life that has constantly hurt you and you are worried about being around them because you are anticipating it's going to hurt you again, like maybe they're constantly flaking on you or they don't follow through and it's really hurtful each time you like get all excited and you get your hopes up. So this is just a tool for that. So it's called if you have a bruise, prep and accept. So ahead of time, if you're going to have this person in your life, you have to accept all outcomes and know that you have that bruise and just cover it with a big padded bandage ahead of time. Before you go hang out, you have to realize you were burned many times before and know that you will be okay with them disappointing you again. Otherwise, you can't go. So basically, acknowledge and accept both potential futures them doing it again and them not and if you can't do that if you're like well but I I will be disappointed if they don't show up again then don't go you can't you're not ready to have this relationship because you're setting yourself up again to get hit you're like lining up your arm to get punched again so until you're able to do that and really embrace like I will be okay and I will still love them I won't be I'll be fine if they don't show up like unless you're able to do that you cannot have this person you cannot be around this person. Alrighty, the next one is called Thousand Pound Expectations. And this is, I guess, just a visual visualization for anyone that's kind of beginning to set themselves up. And like, if you can feel yourself starting to have expectations, like starting to get excited about something else or starting to anticipate what other people are going to do for you, it's like you can feel yourself wanting things and expecting things. Picture those expectations as like a giant, heavy anvil weight that you toss to somebody else that's not expecting to carry it. So that other person might say, get your expectations off of me because you're making them carry them for you in addition to whatever else they might do. So for example, let's say you're picturing some sort of grand Valentine's Day outing because you're like, oh man, it's coming. I'm so excited. It's going to be so much fun. And then the other person who loves you, you've already tossed them this weight of your expectations. So now, now they're not only coming from not a blank slate of I expect nothing. Like they, they are already behind. They can't even meet you like at even. They're already behind because they have the massive job to fill. So it's, it's like you've dissuaded them from trying 
because you're saying like you have to at least do this ginormous making me happy stunt so they can't win so you might find that if you do things like this if you have a habit of make of getting your expectations and your hopes up based around somebody else doing something for you or showing up or a certain outcome you might notice that people don't answer the phone or they don't want to it's like a lot of pressure just to be normal around you like they they feel exhausted and terrified of disappointing you so it's kind of an unfair effect on others because they're fearful of hurting you at, just because of doing nothing at all other than not meeting your expectations. You are unconsciously handing over the power over your feelings to this other person. And you're making your feelings conditional on somebody else. And that's totally not fair to somebody else. That's not fair because that's not their job. And that's an amazing amount of pressure. So if you start to notice yourself doing that, remind yourself you can and should be happy outside of what anyone else does or doesn't do. You are the keeper of your feelings. It's not somebody else's job to make you happy. You can make yourself happy. You just have to remind yourself you can't read the future. You shouldn't demand things from others. Um, and that's all I have for that one. The thousand pound. Wait, okay, next one is number six. And this is just, I think, a go-to tool for any time that you're suffering because you think someone else has hurt you and you're, like, kind of obsessing about it and you think, like, they insulted you or da-da-da-da-da and you just can't figure out what it is. Just assume opposite. Just assume the exact opposite is probably true. Whatever you think, just kind of laugh at yourself and picture yourself in the future being like, oh, I can't believe I thought that. Because you are probably, it's probably exactly the opposite of whatever you think. Um, and just let it go. Like, tell yourself, like, this is probably going to be the inverse of whatever I'm thinking. Because uh, if you can't see a reason, just, there's, there isn't one. Let it go. Number seven. This is another tool I think that helps when it comes to somebody you love or like a friend and that you perceive they've done something intentionally to hurt you. Like even when, when it comes to just body language, like we all have such different social cues. So for example, if somebody says something sarcastic and like you feel it as completely an insult and it's totally painful to you, like you felt the pain of it, it still doesn't mean they intended it that way at all. So this tool is called deduct the best. So basically no, remind yourself, you have to deductively reason backwards from this person. So if it's like, ow, that really hurt my feelings, remind yourself, this person loves me so much. This person is a very smart and caring person. They would never ever intentionally do something to hurt me and make me feel bad about myself. So Whatever they they thought doesn't really matter because you know where their heart lies and you can let go of the obsessive thoughts because it's really coming from just overactive mind, but also just misdirection of social cues. So deduct that their heart is good. They would never intentionally hurt you. It was completely a misunderstanding. 
And this is something you can do when you are not able to talk to that person or if it's not worth going through like a lengthy like you when you said that it was like meant you meant blah 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 and then starting a fight like that's not what I meant at all. Like well you said it like that. It's like no, you know, you could figure that out on your own. It just takes a little bit more work. And then number eight is kind of the opposite of that, which is I think really helpful when somebody else perceives you as having done something wrong and you're feeling stressed out because like, oh, they're not talking to me now and I'm being punished because of something I did and I don't even know what I did. So it's just remind yourself, this is the tool name, remind yourself of your heart. And I guess it's like a mantra more than anything else, but like, and I think holding your hand over your heart helps as well, but just remind yourself, I did my best. I am loving, came from love. There's nothing else you have to do past that. If they're going to be upset, that's fine. If they're not going to listen or want to communicate with you, that's their own issue. It has nothing to do with you and you can't do anything about it. So just let go of the job of worrying about it because your heart being squarely in the right place is all you need to know about you. Let the rest go. It's a lot of people have a lot of stuff, nothing you can do to fix that, except for just be loving and just be consistent about being a stand-up kind of person. It's like you built your own, I guess, truth. And then that's something that everyone else around you can see. So all the few duds out there that like see everyone as being attacking towards them, that it won't really matter because you'll just build a track record of like, yeah, I'm never a jerk to people. I'm never, I don't lie to people. Like, that's just who you are. Um, moving on, number nine. So this is another tool. I think this is for um, anybody that has a habit of kind of needing people to validate them or wanting praise from others or basically giving conditional gifts or acts of good to others. Like expecting things in return from relationships, from gestures, from gifts of all kinds. So it's called, don't forget to cut the ribbons. So picture like a gift with a big ribbon wrapped around it. And then you hand it to somebody. And now the ribbons are tied to the big spool that you still hold. And so they're walking away with this long, long, long piece of ribbon that's still attached to you. And it's, you need to cut it before you hand it over. And that means give it because you want to give that gift and it makes you feel happy and it is fun for you to express love and do good for somebody else. Because gifts, all gifts do not require a response. So when you give someone anything, physical object, gesture, do it minus the expectations because that's really not a gift. That's like you're giving them a need, which is not really fair. So it's like you've, you've handed them a job to do. Um, and the gift in itself is the gift to, to yourself. It like tells you you are a kind and loving person, just the act itself. So as a way to practice this one, I think start trying to give people things and not tell them that you've ever done it. Like have a habit of doing things n- without needing to tell a single soul on earth. And I know it, it'll be hard. It's like you want... You want the praise. You want to share what you did with somebody else. But it's like get in the habit of doing that. And before you give any gift, be happy that you just gave it to them, period. Let go whether or not you ever hear of it again. That's the part that's the best. 
you did something nice and that makes you feel good. So those are all my tools. I know all of this is not easy because it's like building a new habit and a lot of it is emotional. And so you're going to be kind of overriding emotional responses and like talking yourself out of them and then redirecting the worry worrisome thoughts. So I think it's really, really important to stay out of other people's heads and, and stay out of the habit of analyzing because a lot of the time you won't realize that you are creating a story in your head until that bubble pops. And then it's a very devastating experience to realize that this person you created, the story you've been telling yourself has been a fantasy all along. So people are flawed. They are human. They're not like us. A lot of the time they will not live up to who you want them to be, but you can still appreciate people as flawed as they are and love them just from a distance. I think why it's important to be conscious of all of this is it often causes a lot of unnecessary suffering and it blocks you from being able to love those in your life who you can't see who they are and they can't meet your invisible expectations. We all have to accept the truth that others are not who we want them to be and sometimes we have to mourn that so that we can choose the kinds of relationships we want with them that keep us safe. So meaning that we can have relationships that allow us to not get our feelings hurt and we can love people in our own way. Um, so it all comes down to managing your own balance regardless of any outcome. Like you must work on being okay and solid and happy and confident regardless of what anybody else thinks, says, or does. So if you can't be close with somebody because you're not able to do that yet, that's okay. You can work toward it and just make that a goal. And eventually you can figure out a construct that will allow you to stay safe and be in a relationship with that person. Um, and if that's the situation you're in right now, I recommend the uh, forgiveness practice. I forgot what oh, I forgot what it's called. Nancy... Marcy, Marcy Shimoff, that's who created it, or she wrote about it. But it's a Hawaiian thing, and you basically say, with your hand over your heart, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, I love you. And if it's basically a person in your life that you can't be around, and they're upset, and they don't understand you, and they're pissed at you, just make peace with that person, make peace with yourself, and just know where your heart lies, which is in a good place. This is self-protective. It, it is what it is. You can just let the rest go. So I hope these helped. And Ambika, I hope this helps you. And thank you for writing to me. And um, if you guys like this, please review me on iTunes. And Rick, thank you for your review. I just saw that and it made me very happy. Um, so I send you all my love and vibes of positivity. And don't forget to smile. <laughs>
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.